You're a busy provider trying to stay current with the latest HIV testing, prevention, and treatment guidelines, and your pockets are overflowing with note cards. You need a convenient, trustworthy source for HIV testing, treatment, prevention, and care protocols. All healthcare professionals have a role in stopping HIV. Introducing HIV Care Tools from the AIDS Education and Training Center program. The HIV Care Tools mobile app is simple, free, and fully functional offline or online. It features quick guides for HIV prevention, screening, testing, diagnosis, and treatment. HIV Care Tools provides common clinical calculators used in HIV management and provide validated screening tools for comorbidities such as depression, substance use disorders, and PTSD. And if you need clinician-to-clinician consultation, HIV Care Tools provides one-touch access to free clinical consultation services by a multidisciplinary team of experts. Take us with you. Download HIV Care Tools today. Welcome to Nika in the Know, a podcast for healthcare providers in the HIV field. I'm Mariana Brayman. Today, I'm sitting down with Dr. Jonathan Shooter to talk about a new online course that he's developed in conjunction with the Nika AETC on smoking cessation in people with HIV. Dr. Shooter is professor in the Departments of Medicine and Epidemiology and Population Health at Montefiore Medical Center, Albert Einstein College of Medicine. He's also the director of clinical research in the Montefiore Medical Center AIDS Center in the Bronx, New York. Welcome, Dr. Shooter. Thanks, Mariana. Happy to be here. So let's just dive right in. Tell listeners about the course. How did the idea for this first come about? Well, you know, I think that that the the public health community and the HIV community um, has recognized over the past one to two decades of the increasing importance of tobacco use um, in this population. Tobacco use and cigarette smoking has emerged as probably the leading killer in people with HIV in the United States over the past 10 to 20 years. And there's a shocking lack of resources for providers who are looking how to manage the tobacco use in their in their populations and and for the patients themselves. So um, so a, a major a major reason for this course is to address that absence or near absence of resources. Can you talk a little bit about the topics that the course covers? Um, sure. After completing this course, learners should be able to receive an overview of the history of tobacco, understand the impact of smoking and tobacco use in people with HIV, review strategies for treating tobacco use and dependence in people with HIV, learn about various tobacco products, review harm reduction strategies for people with HIV who use tobacco products, and receive anti-smoking patient-facing and provider-facing resources for future smoking cessation efforts. And how much does the course cost? Is it something that people will have to attend during specific times? How does it all work? So the course is completely free. And it, we've taken great pride here in the fact that we've had no commercial interest in any of the products or resources that we've developed. Um, also, the course is completely asynchronous and self-paced. We all know how busy healthcare providers are. So this course allows users to complete the modules and lessons at their own pace and in their own time. Why is smoking cessation important for HIV care providers and the HIV community? Uh, so so that 
That's a great question. And, you know, I think that the course itself addresses and answers the question in a much more detailed way. But, you know, the simple answer is that tobacco use has emerged as a leading medical problem in this very high priority population. Now, I have been around and doing this work, um, taking care of people with HIV since the mid-1980s. And the reason I keep using the phrase that, that tobacco use has emerged, it has emerged, um, because um, in the beginning of the HIV epidemic, um, in the 1980s and in the 1990s, you know, tragically, patients weren't living long enough to suffer the consequences of their tobacco use. Um, and as a result, I think that most providers, for better or for worse, mostly or mostly for worse, ignored tobacco use or treated it as an allowable vice in patients who were suffering from this really miserable disease um, and suffering from its comorbidities and the fact that they were at risk for cancer down the road from their smoking. Um, I won't call it an irrelevancy, but it wasn't it wasn't high up on the list of healthcare priorities back then. So so, you know, when 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 good antiretroviral therapy um, became available in the early 1990s and then in the early 2000s and has gotten progressively better and better um, and patients stopped dying from HIV related complications and infections and neoplasms. Um, this became it became quite evident that 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 tobacco use was driving the things that were killing people with HIV, whether that is lung cancer or head and neck cancer or heart attacks or strokes. Um, so, so that was recognized and, um, and a fair amount of money has gone into researching what to do about it. Um, but not enough has been done about actually creating resources that could help people on the ground. Um, as you know, to actually conduct research and to get to, say, the behavioral and sociologic underpinnings of tobacco use in a given population and then trying to remedy those things. Um, the, the, those types of efforts are of, of incredible value, but that is a process that moves along very slowly to actually do the research and identify what the drivers of tobacco use are and then try out different strategies to address those drivers and with that with the end hope of trying to reduce tobacco use and increase quit rates um, is a very very lengthy process and and if you want to be dogmatic about it it could take decades to come up with evidence-based approaches to to do what you're trying to do and, and uh, you know part of the part of the reason that courses of this sort exist is that we have common sense approaches that are out there that are proven in other populations. Maybe there is some limited data in this population that we are concerned with and just put it out there and try to help people now rather than wait for decades, for years and, and, and decades for, um, for your truly evidence-based approaches. How prevalent is smoking among people with HIV and what features of smoking in people with HIV are distinctive? So smoking is is epidemic in people with HIV in the United States. 
it, it, you, it, is, it is a bit of a moving target, but probably as we speak here now, between 40 and 50% of people with HIV in the United States smoke. Um, this differs in other countries, and some of our work here has been international, although I think that the course doesn't really address that. So clearly there are differences in smoking rates in, in, in among people with HIV in India and Sub-Saharan Africa and, and Vietnam and Cambodia, and, and there is research going on in those areas. But in the United States, I think it's fair to, to use the um, statistic of 40 to 50%. Now that is in sharp contrast to, um, to a rate of around 13% in the general adult population in the United States. So, so we are talking about somewhere around triple the rate of, of, of the general population. And in contrast to the general population in the United States, and also in many nations overseas, people, women with HIV seem to smoke at a, approximately the same rate as men. Whereas in the general population, women smoke less. And certainly when you leave the United States and go to places like Africa and Asia, um, smoking among women, even with HIV, is, is, is almost unheard of. So that, that's kind of a bad situation, a, a bad public health situation for the women in the US. But, but, um, but so among women, you're talking also about a rate of 40 to 50% and same with men here. Um, so, so that was the first part of the question. Um, the second part of the question, what features of smoking in people with HIV are distinctive? Um, that's a bit of a complicated question. Um, and, and so I, I think that in general, there's nothing, in general, there is nothing specific about having the HIV virus that makes you stick a cigarette in your mouth and light it up. Um, what makes the smoking population um, in, in the smoking population that is living with HIV distinctive is the various social and behavioral and psychiatric um, factors that smoking is entangled with um, at high rates in this population. So smoking is associated with poverty and smoking is associated with depression and smoking is associated with anxiety and smoking is associated with stigmatization and perceived discrimination. And smoking is associated with gender minority status. Um, and smoking is associated with many other substance uses. So all of these things are overrepresented in the population of people with HIV in the United States. That is not to say that everyone living with HIV in the United States is poverty stricken or, or, or um, has psychiatric illness or, um, or uses other substances, just that these other factors are overrepresented and they are all entangled very tightly with tobacco use. Um, and it does make addressing this problem more challenging because it is tough to quit. This is just an example I'm throwing out there, but it is tough to quit when you're on methadone maintenance and there are all kinds of interactions um, between tobacco use and methadone use that pharmacological interactions that make it hard to quit, but also the fact you might be standing outside every day of your methadone maintenance clinic and everybody's smoking there. So there's social aspects to it also. And that is just one example, 
but but you know you can envision other examples you know if i'm if i'm very very depressed and i just want to die and a doctor is telling me well you're going to die of lung cancer if you keep smoking well that that message doesn't resonate very well with someone who has really bad uncontrolled depression so 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 all of these factors are entangled very tightly and extensively with the tobacco use and it makes treating tobacco use um much more challenging in this population. What resources are available for people with HIV who smoke and do want to quit? Right. So sadly, um, sadly, very few that are specifically targeted for this population. Now, there are very good resources that are out there, and, and I encourage anyone listening to send your patients to use these, or if, if you are if you are a person with HIV who smokes, please go ahead and use these free re resources. So that, so the, the number one um, resource is the, the, um, the free smoking quit line that is available nationally. Um, there's a national phone number and there are state by state numbers, and it's very, very easy to, uh, to access these things. Um, they are very much underutilized. They hire uh, and train very good people to offer counseling, to follow up with people. It is not all, only a hit and run thing. There, there, there might be several counseling sessions that are done in sequence. So that is a very good resource. Um, there is no end of online quit smoking resources. Some of them are some of them are better than others. Some of them are just plain bad. Some of them are actually sponsored by big tobacco companies and should be avoided. Um, but but um, but but. The biggies are smokefree.gov that has just a really wide array of resources, and that is um, that is uh, that is put out there by the, the NCI, the National Cancer Institute. Um, another great one is Become an X, B E C O M E A N E X. Um, that uh, I want to spend a moment talking about. It is um, it is it is. A product of Truth Initiative, which is a very large quit smoking organization based in Washington, D.C., um, and it is a terrific program. It is for free. Um, it's been used by somewhere around a million users so far, and it includes an online social network. So you actually can get online support. You post comments, you get responses, and that is all great. And an additional reason that I mention them is that they are in the process of, of including and incorporating um, our positively smoke-free materials into their website. So that is not done yet, but it will be done in the coming months. So there will actually be materials available on, on, on their website that speak to people with HIV. Um, so those are those are just a smattering of the resources that are available. The VA has put together a nice package of material for providers and patients with HIV who smoke, and those are available online. And I, I, I would be very much remiss if I um, if I failed to mention the pharmacotherapies that are available now, the coverage for these varies from state to state, but most states, it might be all states, um, cover under their Medicaid programs, um, at least some of them. Um, so nicotine replacement therapy, that is the patch, lozenge, gum, inhaler, um, are quite effective. Um, Vareniclin, which is has has a brand name of Chantix, but the generic name um, Vareniclin, um, and is now available generically in 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 the United States, is very effective. And bupropion, which is an antidepressant medicine, um, but also is quite effective at treating at treating tobacco use. 
um, is, is, is probably a good agent to use in someone who is both depressed and, and has tobacco use. Um, these are medicines that should accompany every quit attempt pretty much. Um, so providers should become um, familiar with them. We provide information about them in this course and, and you know, other, other resources that have, um, that have information about them are very red, readily available, but they should be included in, in every quit attempt. We will be sure to link to some of those online resources you mentioned in the episode description so that listeners can learn more. As we begin to wrap up, this all sounds really great. How can folks learn more about the new online course and sign up? If folks want to learn more and sign up, they can go to www.necaaetc.org slash rise dash courses. There, they'll be able to register and they'll be guided through how to create an account on the RISE platform where they'll be given access to this course and others from the NICA AETC. Dr. Shooter, thanks so much for joining us and telling us about this new online course available for free to the public. We'll be sure to include a link to the course in our episode description as well so that listeners can learn more. So be sure to check that out. We really hope you learned something new today. To learn more about Nika AATC's work and our role in ending the HIV epidemic, visit us at www.nikaatc.org. That's www.necaaetc.org. If you have questions or comments about anything we covered today, or if you have suggestions for topics you'd like to hear us talk about, don't hesitate to email us at podcast at nikaatc.org. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at nikaatc.org. Stay safe, and we'll see you next time for our next episode of Nika in the Know. This presentation is supported by the Health Resources and Services Administration, HRSA, of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, HHS. The contents are those of the authors and do not necessarily represent the official views of, nor an endorsement by HRSA, HHS, or the U.S. government.